Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. As always, I am your host with the Holla French Toast, Freddie Carlson, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend on that side of the microphone, Angelo Belli, the heart of the wrestling fan base himself. Say hello to the people, Angelo. Hello, hello, and welcome to a very special episode. And today, we are joined by another good friend of ours. Uh, a few episodes back, we were joined by a, a friend of ours named Austin. Uh, today, another good friend of ours, uh, his name is Rafan. He is going to be with us today. Rafan, say hello to the wonderful people. Hello, wonderful people. It is R- R- the Rafan speaking. You know, like <laughs> the rock, the Rafan. In the, in the <laughs> As you can tell, we're going to have some fun today. Uh, Rafan is a good friend of ours, and he actually proposed a topic that is very fitting for this time of year in the world of wrestling. Uh, in a couple of weeks, WWE will be presenting their 32nd annual Survivor Series. I mean, we're at the point where I've lost track of that, but uh, 32 years or whatever the number is, Survivor Series, the... Okay, and I'm going to say this because this is their branding of it. I hate this branding. The one night a year where Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head, I'm like, yeah, okay, tell that to the wild card rule. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so we are... Uh, we're going to talk about Survivor Series, all things Survivor Series related. Rafan gave us the... Uh, the topic idea, and we both thought it was a great idea, so we asked him to come on, and we're going to talk about it. So, Rafan, I'm going to throw it right over to you. What's one thing about the concept of Survivor Series uh, that you like? And you can talk about Raw versus SmackDown, just the, the, the traditional five-on-fives. What's your favorite aspect of Survivor Series? All right, well, my favorite aspect has to be uh, the five-on-fives, the traditional five-on-fives. But I always look at it as it has to be something, right? I was look at Survivor Series. I was going to book Survivor Series, in a way. I'm like... Okay, the winning brand, they have to get something in return. And to me, that was either the, the last spot in the Rumble, they get the 30th spot in the Rumble, mm-hmm. they get the pay-per-view before the Rumble, they get the pay-per-view in between the Rumble and Mania. There's a lot of things that Survivor Series, it has meaning, but it can mean so much more. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love the traditional Survivor Series matches. I love the champion versus champion. I, I always... I'm a big fan of WWE champion, or what it could have been was the world champion versus WWE champion. Never really had that, but that's when you, it's an iffy topic for, because so, for me, Survivor Series could be either a way to start a brand warfare thing, what they had. And I think that's the type of thing where you could just bring back bragging rights for what it was. Yeah. And, or it could be used as something where you can build rivalries. And I think it just has that explosive, surprising, uh, that surprising vibe to it. And mm-hmm. I think, uh, for me, it's always the main event. It's always the classic Survivor Series tag team match. You know, when I'm thinking about it, I always think about Randy Orton. Any year, yeah. 2003, 2004, 2005, him being sole survivor. Man, He's, what great matches. I genuinely think, and I'm going to get to this in a little bit more a little more detail in a bit, but just because you mentioned it, I genuinely think Randy Orton is the quote-unquote face of Survivor Series. Absolutely. Uh, because of his, his th- just those three years alone, not to mention the things he's done in other years where he's participated and been such a focal point of other things as well. But going back to what you said about those traditional five-on-fives, I love that idea. I genuinely do. Now, when it comes to uh, a reward, I agree. And I think it should be on multiple levels. Now, the pay-per-view thing that you said, that might maybe not, that one might be a little bit harder in my eyes. But the 30th spot in the Rumble, whichever brand wins that show... That brand will have whatever superstar they choose be number 30. I like that concept. But what I also like with those traditional five-on-fives, whoever the sole survivor or survivors are should all get championship matches of their choosing. I think that is, 
you know, there's there's very little of a point to brand warfare at Survivor Series other than bragging rights, right? But I've been very much of the opinion outside of 2016, and I'm going to get into 2016 later because I really loved that show. I'm just of the opinion that it doesn't make sense for a guy who was on Raw for an entire year, maybe two, three, four years, to all of a sudden get drafted to SmackDown, and a month later, he's going to be like, okay, everybody, I'm going to bleed blue this year, and I'm going to die for this team. That's what I'm going to see with if Seth Rollins ends up on the team. That's what's going to happen. Kevin Owens, same thing. He's been on Raw for a year. He's now going to come to SmackDown, and he's going to lead the team and potentially be the captain? No, no offense to that. There needs to be a reason. You need to give me a reason to want to to know this is going to mean something more than we're going to just have Raw guys face SmackDown guys, and then in four weeks when that show is over, we're going to act like it never happened, and we're going to go right back to regular storylines. To me, there needs to be, like you said, Raph, uh, just more of a more of a, uh, of a reason, if that makes sense. And right. Angelo, we've actually spoken about this a few times on our own. What's what's your opinion on that? What do you think about uh, about having that possibility? So for having the possibility of it like being like for for each, yeah, or, like, I guess each competitor to have like their own yeah like uh, reward I guess rewards for the winning brand, the sole survivors in the men's and women's five on fives, things of that sort. Yeah, no, I mean, I I definitely would like to see something come out of that like that, where the winners or the sole survivors or whatever they get to choose what championships they want to fight for. And, you know, they get to choose, you know, certain things, which, I mean, honestly, that could change a whole way of booking and whatever. And it honestly, like, they could they could work with different people than who they've been working with for the past few months. Like, we, we could probably see, like, this year, for example, I don't know exactly who's on Team SmackDown completely now. But if, let's just say, like, it was Seth Rollins and Murphy, they're not going to... just turn on Rollins for good and then let's just say like him, Dominic Mysterio, like they form a tag team and mm-hmm. like they just want to go for the tag titles. Like some something like that, you know? Yeah. Like, that would be interesting. It, it would be. And and you know too, I I like the concept of infighting, but to an extent. I feel like they're already overdoing it with Raw. Like Yeah. They literally had oh. on Raw this week a triple threat match with two of with two of the three pre qualified members of the match fighting for no reason to to see if Braun Strowman was gonna get in. They killed each other to see if the third man in the match is gonna join them on the team. I, the logic isn't there. Was it a good match? Yeah, I did enjoy that triple threat match. But look at the talent involved. Keith Lee, the most talented big man on the roster, try and come at me. I don't I, I don't see how you can disagree. Braun Strowman can have a good match when he wants, and Sheamus has always been a reliable hand in the ring. He he takes the big bumps if he needs to. So it was a good match, but there I'm just I'm huge in any time of year. When the booking needs to make sense. The booking has to have some sort of reasoning, otherwise it tunes me out a little bit. I'm gonna watch Survivor Series. I'm excited for Survivor Series. That being said, the reasoning is still not there, and I feel like they're more focused on the regular storylines on the brands than building to this Survivor Series this year. In recent years, it's been the opposite. You kind of forget about the on-brand you know, rivalries, 
and you turn your attention to trying to work together for Survivor Series. That is the better way to do it, but you don't want to forget about the, the, the stuff. Now, this year, they've gone the polar opposite. They're forgetting about Survivor Series, it feels like, and they're just building to what's going to happen at TLC in December, you know? More with Jey Uso and Roman Reigns, and now the Randy Orton and his 75 challengers for the WWE <laughs> Championship. You know, I, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that. That's 2007 GM mode right there. <laughs> 2007 GM mode. Oh, my goodness. 100, 100%. I, I remember that. Oh, my gosh. Talk about it. I'm still playing that. My brother and I play, uh, stay up and play PS2 GM mode all night, every night. Dude, that's so is, much fun. That is literally the life's goal. I, I love. I, I personally was a, my, my favorite one was 09. My, me and my dad have played that game since the day it came out. Not like that's a part of this discussion, but we just talk about old wrestling games now. That's what I love about this podcast. We can talk about anything and not care. Okay. Uh, so back to my point. Yeah, I think there needs to be reasoning with the booking. Um, I like the stuff going on on Raw. I like the stuff going on on SmackDown individually in certain respects. Uh, you know, Survivor Series this year is intriguing for the simple fact of some of the matches we're going to get. Randy Orton and Roman Reigns have not faced each other in several years, and the last time that they did, it was two totally different characters. You know, Randy Orton was more of his uh, straight after the authority, maybe that Wyatt family time, you know, the really weird time where Randy was just kind of there. And Roman was just this baby face that nobody wanted to be a baby face, and yet he was a baby face. Now it's completely different. They're both heels. And they're both the world champions on the respective brands. So, that is interesting. Personally, the match I'm most excited for, the New Day versus the Street Profits. That's going to be uh, yeah, yeah, they are gonna, a classic match. They're going to tear that down. That's two talented tag teams who have been the basically the faces of tag team wrestling for WWE because they don't care about tag team wrestling. And we've talked about this, Angelo. You know, you know how outspoken I am about how bad they are with booking tag team wrestling. Yes. New Day and the and the Street Profits and the Usos when they were still a team, and you know J- Jimmy wasn't hurt and Jay wasn't starting to kill it in the main event scene. You know, it's it, it, great, but other than that, nothing. So we'll see. Nonetheless, back to Survivor Series. Um, so we talked a little bit about our favorite aspects of the show and of the concept. We've also talked about a little bit. Uh, in terms of what we don't like, and and you know how there's there needs to be sense and sense in the booking, like uh, like Raph was talking about. So to go a little more into what you were saying about a guy like Randy Orton, there have been a handful of guys who have truly made Survivor Series part of the defining por- portions of their career. It was really like their first coming out party, so to speak, in the business. And so outside of Randy Orton, who we've already spoken about. What's another memorable uh, performance in a Survivor Series 5-on-5 that really made you think, this guy is going to be a star? I have two, but I want to see what you guys have to think. Angelo, you can go first this time. What are you thinking? Oh, man, that's a that's a tough question for as far as Survivor Series goes. Um, and you really, you really, like, just stumped me. Hey, listen, man. <laughs> I come with the hard-hitting I... questions. <laughs> you want Raffin um... to go first and then you come back? Yeah, that's that's totally fine because I really need to like. Go ahead, Raffin. You got somebody? Uh, yep. Uh, so what were we thinking? So, uh, to be honest, I wasn't too into the Survivor Series matches in between. I want to say when 2009, yeah, or 2008, up until I don't even know when did they start doing the traditional matches again, like 2016. That's when they started doing they were, you know, the, sad, the sad part is they were still happening, but right, they didn't matter. They had right. uh, there was one year where I think it was tons of funk, 
Uh, yeah, tons of funk. Remember that team? Um, um, <laughs> I, I, I think it was like tons of funk, Santino, and like uh, Los Matadores against uh, Primo. No, Primo and Epico were Los Matadores. Um, it was it, like that's the level it stooped to, essentially. Right, right. So I know I what feel, you mean, but there's been a lot of high points as well. Right. I feel. Wait, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. I think one of those matches happened on a pre-show. Uh, I'm pretty sure they had a Survivor Series tag team match on a pre-show. I think the tons uh, of funk one that I'm talking about, in fact, was the one that was on a pre-show. That's, that's how, that's that's how awesome. low the stipulation was brought to. All right. Well, so I didn't care about the matters that didn't really matter. Um, lots of times they didn't really matter. So, so when I think about it, one of my all-time favorite performances was Sean's performance in 2003 oh. when they were fighting for Austin's GM career. Yeah. And, oh my God, he bled for his career. I'm like thinking, there's so much history between Sean and, and Austin where, Passing okay, you course. also you know about Shawn Michaels and his past when he was cocky and he didn't want to give up the title. But then to think that, I always look at Austin and Michaels at Mania 14. Mania 14? Yeah. Yeah. And, he... and I look at that as the beginning of the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. When he handed off the when he handed off that title, and like just the way that they they had it, where Austin just shook Sean's hand, and Sean kept on saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry," and just the build up at the end, I love that performance. One of my oh, all time yeah. favorite performances. That that he that was one of those where story truly became the focal point, and and when they make that the case, it's gold because these guys are paid to do this they're paid to get into the ring and to tell these stories and to entertain the fans who are watching you know like listen not every match is going to be a 60 minute technical masterpiece between bret hart and and, and Shawn michaels it's not going to be you know steamboat and flair it, it, it's go, it's not always going to be that way but when the story is there that the in-ring quality doesn't need to be perfect that story is all you need and, and i love that 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 reference right there that's a great match. That was um, amazing. One for me, and Angelo, this will give you a little more time to think about it. Uh, I've got two uh, particular that I'm thinking of. Number one, 2013. And the only reason why I remember this is because this was a time when I loved Roman Reigns. Right. Roman oh, Reigns no. single-handedly walked through the Usos, Rey Mysterio, and... Uh, who else was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, okay, doesn't matter. He single-handedly walked through five men and was the sole survivor for his team. I remember yeah. that night being the first real instance of Roman's got something. The other night where I really felt that way was the 2014 Rumble when he broke Kane's record, 12 eliminations. Yeah. Those two performances, which were only two months apart, was the beginning where everyone kind of thought, Roman can be a star. Roman could be the guy that truly is like the face of this company. And yes, they dropped the ball. We're not going to get into that. But that performance in Survivor Series was the, like I said, the real coming out party for Roman Reigns as a singles guy. The other one was just last year. And I'm talking my boy, Keith Lee. Oh, Keith's performance last year, man. That was when everyone said, this guy right here, he's going to the top. Because Keith, he showed up. He was just another guy in the match. Remember, they didn't announce Team NXT until the morning of the show. So he's, he's on the team. You kind of expected him to be. He showed out that night. He pinned Seth Rollins clean in the middle of the ring. He 
almost pinned Roman Reigns in the middle of the ring. I have felt I felt like he I that I had anxiety. I get goosebumps thinking about it now watching that because I thought Keith Lee was about to pin the face of the company clean and NXT was going to steal the biggest win of the night. And even though Roman beat Keith after that, Keith was the, was the star after that. And it's true and there's no way there's no other way to look at it because after that everyone was like Keith needs opportunity. A couple of months later, he won the NXT North American title. Shortly after that, he's in the Royal Rumble match face-to-face with Brock Lesnar. Then, what's a few months later, he's the first and only man to hold the NXT and NXT North American Championships simultaneously. And then he comes to the main roster. And I'm going to leave it at that because we know what happens when people come to the main roster. I'm going to wait and see how that goes before I comment anymore. But those are my two. Roman Reigns and Keith Lee. Angelo, do you got anybody else that's significant that you can even think of? Just, you know, Even if it wasn't like... The, you know, a star-making performance, but a memorable right. moment for you. Well, so, so definitely, I'm gonna have to agree with you on on the Keith Lee thing. He was he was gonna be one of my two either way, but um, I really I really don't think I would have a second one as far as like being a star like in the making because Keith Lee is like the most recent one that I can honestly say that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Like his his performance was definitely like. He is world champion material. Mm-hmm. He deserves to win the Rumble this year. He needs to win it. I'm telling you right yeah. now. Or Randy, I heard, whoever, whoever it is that's going to carry the WWE championship. Yeah, I heard a bunch of rumors that he's winning it. Him and Bianca are winning the women's. Uh, Bianca's winning the women's, apparently. Which I, I'm a fan of. I that would be pretty cool. Literally needs to. That's the only. It has to, it has to be. has to be. Listen, I love Drew McIntyre. This year was mm-hmm. was the year of Drew McIntyre. If you if they still did Slammy Awards, he's the superstar of the year, in yep. my opinion. Yeah, Randy Orton's a close second, but Drew elevated himself to a level that he has wanted to be at. We've all thought he could be, and he he did it, and he did it perfectly. Um, that being said, twenty twenty one, I just not right away. The right. thing the thing with making a star that I've always seen to be the best way to do it. Give them an opportunity, let them run with it, but don't let them have it for too long, too fast. That's true. The rain was great. I can't really pick out a point where it was really bad. Good matches, good title defenses, popular babyface champion. The win was what we all wanted, and he deserves to win that title back again when there's a large audience in attendance. And I think he will. That also means that I think it has to wait till later down the line. I personally think... Keith Lee should win the title at WrestleMania from Roman Reigns. He holds the title on SmackDown. Uh, the WWE title's on Raw. And Drew can then, after WrestleMania, can feud with the champion. Whether it's Miz, whether it's... I think it might be John Morrison, to be honest with you, going after WrestleMania. I feel like by SummerSlam of 2021, that's when he should win it back. That's to me. So, you know, we're talking about different possibilities. And stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you and with, with, with the thought that it's hard to find a lot of star-making performances outside of those, the few that we've mentioned. Um, so that leads me to the next thought I have. And, and Raph, we were talking about this in our group chat today. Excuse me. Um, where we were discussing um, Survivor Series 2016. Uh, and I want to bring this one up because Survivor Series 2016 was the year where the 5-on-5 the five five brought back new importance. It was the year where they truly started to emphasize the uh, 
brand brand warfare was the first year since 2005 that they had survivor series b smackdown versus raw and man they smacked it out of the park that year Set a bar 2016 so, was just a year. Just set, a year, WWE. My set God. Set the bar. Well, the first half of the year was not. Roman Reigns. Oh, yeah. yeah. Winning the main event of Mania 32. Uh, that, that, but once the draft happened, the second half of the year, they had a lot of high moments and a lot of high points. And I was so thankful right. that they, they actually did the right thing and like used it properly. But um, 2016's 5 on 5. I want to list the talent that was in this match. <sighs> It's so hard to pick out a bad name in this match because you can't. Team Raw was co-captained by the Universal Champion Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in arguably his most popular WWE gimmick ever. You know, with the whole with the list being the most over gimmick ever, and the word "it" was over. Can't believe that. Also on the team, Seth Rollins, who recently turned babyface, the United States Champion Roman Reigns. And the new the new form of Braun Strowman. The Strowman we know today was was the early days of that. So that was Team Raw. Team SmackDown, captained by WWE champion AJ Styles. Also on the team, Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, Bray Wyatt, and um shoot, who was the fifth man? <laughs> Why am I st- I'm usually much better with this. Um I know Ellsworth was the Shane. mess. Ellsworth hey, was Shane. The- Shane. Oh god, that's right. Shane was on every team, it felt like, for like three years. He was, I'm pretty sure. I think he's actually been on it every year. Yeah. That's a sad reality that Shane McMahon got more TV time than... Uh, okay, anyway. So, look at the talent in that match. And we were, and the statistic, I'm, the thing I'm referring to is the statistic we read today, Raph. 56 minutes, the longest 5-on-5 five five Survivor Series match in history. I'm sure that's insane. It, 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 it's unbelievable. And... and can you guys find a, a bad moment in that match? I know we both we've all watched it and probably multiple times at that. But can you pick out a bad moment? No. The silence speaks volumes. No. I mean, I the stuff with the shield, man. That was that was, that awesome. was, uh, that was just, and to be honest, I'm never, I'm never really that big of a shield guy. But when that happened, it was perfect looked, perfectly timed. Perfectly executed. Because it made oh, sense. It, it made so much sense because, like I said, perfect balance between brand supremacy and on the pers- on individual brand storylines. AJ- Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles hated each other so much that they could not work together long enough to win. And Ambrose was willing to cost his team the match to get his hands on AJ Styles. And then he sees his two... Former brothers across the ring from him, and he says, "You know what? Screw my brand. Let's put him through the table." It was unbelievable yeah. because, and then they had the security trying to pull Dean away, and then Roman and Seth were like, "No, nah, that's not gonna happen. Let's go take care of him." And they started throwing rights, yeah. and they all laid out the security. Oh God, it was great, great, great stuff, man. So, yeah, 2016. Let's go to the other few years: 2017, 18, 19, where they've had more and more of an emphasis on being under siege. Um, yeah. What do you guys have to say about the under siege uh, concept, which has seemingly been the, go- the go-to for three years now? Uh, Angela, you want to go first? No, I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let Rav go. Oh. Take the lead on this one. All right. <laughs> so, um, under siege. The builds. The builds to the matches themselves have been great. 
It's a little too much, but when you had NXT involved, that changed the tide of everything. And I think that was incredible. But I feel like the talent and the matches themselves kind of underperformed. And I only feel that way because I feel like there were, it was less time they were given. It felt like, I think the 2018 one or 2017 one, was that the one where Triple H like took Jason Jordan's spot? Uh, that was 2018. No, 2017. Yeah, because then they had WrestleMania 34 was where they had Kurt and Ronda versus him and Steph. Yeah. Right. And they had amazing talent. Like they had all, all these incredible legends inside that. You know, I was so hyped about it. You had Shane, you had Triple H, you had Angle, you had Cena, you had Orton. You had all this amazing Nakamura talent. and Rude. They get called Nakamura. up to the roster, and in a few months they're on this main event Survivor Series, and then they job out to Braun Strowman. But yeah, I agree. And, and man, it was like, I think the match lasted possibly like 30 minutes, and it felt like there was so much more potential in the match, but I feel like everyone kind of underperformed. And I feel like 2019 was amazing. The thing is, you have 15 people inside the ring. Yeah. And the thing that my brother and I talked about it, the thing that made 2016 so special, everyone had a moment. Every single person had a moment. And it's tough. Even James Ellsworth had a moment, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, James Ellsworth eliminated Braun Strowman from the match. Yeah. Like, he's going to be remembered as the all-time great. The greatest mascot ever. (laughs) Hornswoggle owns that, but anyway. (laughs) So, 2019, just felt like he had all this talent. He had 15 stars. I understand so hard to just get everyone to have their moment. But if you can make that match and just add like an extra 10, extra 15 minutes to it, that would be, that would live up to the hype. And that would actually, in my eyes, that would be able to challenge 2016 as one of the great Survivor Series matches ever. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in terms of those four, you know, because we've had this four years now, this will be year five where this has happened. I think it's the second best traditional Survivor Series elimination match out of the four. I mean, listen, when you're only ranking four, the top two are the only two you really want to be in. That's true. I mean, listen, I'm putting 2018 at the bottom just because I, I genuinely cannot remember who was in that match. Me neither. I th- was Ricochet? No, was it Ricochet? No, Ricochet was on remember. last year's team. I, you see, that's how bad 2018 was. The only the only bright spot of 2018 was you got Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan, which oh. stole the show. And I'm going to get into those. Yeah. T- I, I, that's the next thing I want to talk about. But to go to that point, I think the... The downside to the 15-man match last year was the lack of time and a handful of decisions. Walter was eliminated in about four minutes. This is yeah, the face know. of NXT UK. He's been he's been UK. You know, we we sit here and we're not even realizing it. He's gonna be UK champion for two years in April. A year and a half already. I mean, That's yes, the, the, the pandemic probably stunted any potential. I think he was dropping it to Balor because they were originally going in that direction. But two years. I mean, at that point, it had only been six months. But you're sitting here telling me that he's going to get kicked in the face one time and that's it? I'm sorry, but that doesn't make sense to me. Although they made up for it with Keith Lee. Because Keith, for his part, was made a star. And to a lesser extent, so was Tommaso Ciampa. So, I think good and bad. Unfortunately, more too much bad to make it the in that discussion, like you said, Raph. So, uh, Angelo, what do you have to say on these these the five on fives the last four years? And under siege, which I think I've heard more times than I care to count. 
So the five on fives, like they're, I don't want to say that they're not like enjoyable, but, um, last year, 2019, like the five on five on five for me, that was just like something different. That was something exciting. And that was something that was like, you know, if they do this more often, like I'll be tuning in yeah. every year, like Absolutely. rather than just, you know, watching for five minutes and then saying, you know, what, this show is like not important anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's how interested I was last year. And you know me, like I'm starting to become like the, probably one of the biggest NXT fans that like there is. I don't see how many can't be. I, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so like that, that's like something that I enjoyed from the past, like few years was 2019 survivor series having, you know, even, even that match, um, Adam Cole and, uh, Pete Dunn. They that gave was, them that was little, one hell of a match. I feel like that for for me anyway. That was like match of the night. I was a little bummed when we didn't get a world champions triple threat because the concept of what that would have been, it would oh, have yeah, been Brock exactly. Lesnar versus the Fiend versus Adam Cole. I mean, we all know that Cole was taking the pin, and the question would have been, would it have been from Brock or, or the Fiend? And I was so you book yourself into a corner when you do that, but the. I I also like what they did. They turned Survivor Series into brand warfare, but they made each of the world titles look like important championships by making them be featured title matches on the card. Not just the Universal and WWE title, but the NXT title too. And th- excuse me, wow, that was big in my opinion because it legitimized NXT as the the real third brand along with their win on the night and. Truly, as the beginning of the battle and the war with AEW for ratings was starting, that was the key. And you know, here we are a year later, and we kind of have we kind of have like the the run of the mill uh, mood for that. And AEW is doing its thing, and NXT is doing its thing. And I'm just loving the fact that we got two great wrestling shows every Wednesday night. I can't pick what I want to watch because compared to Raw and SmackDown, both of those shows are killing it, and I mean absolutely killing it. I can't pick a thing that I don't like on either show. This new Pat McAfee stable? Unbelievable. I'm excited. I mean, we all know that this is leading to war games. Let's be honest. We know that's coming. War games between the UE and whatever these four guys are calling themselves. But it'll be great. It'll be great. And so I liked last year the inclusion of NXT and the uniqueness of the triple threat matches. I think having, you know, Roderick Strong versus Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles. That's a great match. You put any two of those three in a, in a match and you can expect a good one. Although Definitely. although Nakamura and Styles have proven in WWE to drop the ball, or in their case, two of the... Never mind. Um, <laughs> either, I, I will always remember that match because I remember uh, posting edit that day and both Nakamura and Roger Swan liked it. And I think... I'm not sure if Roger Swan reposted it, but I know Nakamura. And Nakamura loves reposting some of my edits on the story. I'm like... Oh my god, that's my man. Yeah, man. I love Nakamura. I'll let you give a cheap pop, man. Your edits are great. If you want to, po- if you want to plug your account, <laughs> not a problem. I, you know, that's up to you. If you like to plug in the account, I will. I, you go right ahead. I, I don't know the account name off the top. Uh, of my head. All right, it's going to be rbp.edits. It's I, I've been having it for like what uh, since 2015, I think. Man, and, and guys, it's been a while. If, you, if you get a chance, check check out some of his stuff, man. Like. Genuinely on Insta- on Instagram at rbp it's 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 genuinely good stuff. It's you know unique, yeah. new, unbelievable. Uh, I, I give the cheap plug because man, I love I love when I get to see them, man. 
appreciate that. Appreciate that. You, you do you do really awesome work. I actually just realized that I do follow you on here. I think I've oh, really? you for the past few months. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, you I, gotta, I may have sent you. You gotta DM me. You, yeah, you. I think I think Freddie was actually the one that I, you posted one. Uh, I think I, I sent it, account. so we followed the account. But yeah. Um, yeah, I've been a little less active now, but yeah, I definitely gotta get back into it. Man, listen, great, great stuff. But anyway, so back to the discussion. So then, then the other part of Survivor Series in recent years has been the champion versus champion versus champion last year matches. Uh, and I wanted to get into that concept. Do you guys? I I personally do. Do you guys like the idea of seeing which of the brand's champions is superior? Or do you think that it would devalue one show's championship and champions to the other? What's yours? Angela, why don't you go on that one? Alright, so, um, like, that's that's the thing is that, honestly, for, for me, it could go either way. It could either um, prove which show is, like, which champion is better, but at the same time, it could devalue the losing uh, champion. So for me, it's like, you know, let's just say this year, they're going to have Roman and Randy. Both are heels. Who's going to take the pin? But, you know, Roman Reigns is, he's he's looking like a strong, strong winner this time. Like, he, he looks like he's going to be the one to win. But at the same time, it's, you know, Randy Orton, he's hot right now. You, you put the title on him for a reason. And not for nothing, but he's the... WWE champion. Yep. Not the Raw champion. Like, you know, you, if you it was see, Raw, you see, I see, you see Smackdown the same problem that I see. But he's holding the title of the company. Uh-huh. So he's the comp, the company's champion. So in my eyes, it would be a mistake <laughs> to not put him over. He's the, he's the company's champion, but Roman's the champion of the universe. <laughs> I couldn't even do it without laughing. Oh my goodness. No, but Angela, you're absolutely right. I think that that's that's the real, that's the true way to look at it. I mean, I think the I like it for the simple fact of 2018's exam, 17 and 18, the example of world champion versus universal champion. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, Brock Lesnar won both of those matches. But you know something, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles did not look like they were slouches. They did not get uh, a clean pin. They didn't have the prototypical Brock Lesnar squash match where you eat suplex, 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 a couple of kicks, couple of moves, maybe one finish, and that's it. No, both of them were within milliseconds of making Brock tap out or be pinned. And to me, that's the way to do it. Conversely, uh, I think with this year's match, you've put yourself into a little bit of a corner because you have... Two top heel champions who have both been at the top of their game and both cannot afford to take a pin, a clean pinfall loss. So what does that mean? We all know what that means. Cue the screwy finish. Whether it's the Usos getting involved at Roman's behest or one of the 73 challengers for Randy Orton distracting him and costing him the match or causing a DQ. It's just going to be another... And, and, and I guarantee you that's how the show is going to go off the air. Because they're probably going to think, oh, that's going to mean more than the five-on-five. And then there'll be a screwy finish, and it's like, what a way to end a pay-per-view. And and I'll claim my my royalties if that becomes the actual case in two weeks' time when the show takes place. But, um, yeah. So, that's where I stand with that. Uh, I think it's a good concept. It's done right. Uh, If you look at other cases, I mean, we just looked at the world championship picture. 
the women's championship last year, they went on last. Uh, they, they, I think they had the right to go on last, but they kind of stunk the place out. Shayna, Bailey, and, and Becky did not live up to the rest of the hype of the show, unfortunately. Um, and also, um, what was the other well, the year before oh, the mid card titles? The mid card titles. You know, I almost forget about that. Uh, one, one year was Baron Corbin and the Miz. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so, like, no. Like, no, those are two guys who they just need to stay away from each other. Yeah. Baron's a great heel, but he is not a good heel versus, he, he, he's, I can't, he needs to be more of the character, not the in-ring. Whereas Miz is good with both, but Miz is not a guy who can pull a guy like Corbin to a, a, a five-star match. AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, they can, but not, yeah. not that. And so, and that's what I'm worried about this year with, with Lashley and Sami Zayn, I'm sorry. Yeah, I just, that is the. Right, go ahead, Freddie. No, I, I, I think I know what you're gonna say. I, I have no desire to see that match at all. For me, that's the one match where, because I understand why, like everyone's irate about NXT not being, and I, I completely understand why you don't want to risk the spread of COVID and all that, because they did have the outbreaks over there. Yeah. I think that's the one match that needs Johnny Gargano to be in that match just because oh, I, yeah. the mismatch between Lashley and Sammy, it's like, to me, it's not that interesting. Don't get me you know? wrong. Sammy is one of those guys who can pull a big five-star match out of somebody. The problem definitely, is definitely. Lash- Lashley, for all his talent and all his ability in the ring, I'm not discrediting it, it it's, not, it's not the type of thing that Sammy works well with. Sammy is great at being the the baby face who gets destroyed by the monster and then has that heroic underdog comeback. But he's a heel. And Lashley's a heel. And once again, you put yourself in the position of who's going to take the pin. And either which way, it's going to hurt the champion. Because Sammy, I don't think he's been pinned since he returned from his hiatus. And Lashley is supposed to be this dominant, unstoppable champion in the Hurt Business. And if you're trying to build... Trying to build the hurt business, which I think they are, and I'm glad that they are. I think the tag team titles are going to be on Benjamin and Alexander the night after Survivor Series, if not by TLC the latest. That you can't let them take the pin. So having Gargano there emphasizes the chain, the great chain wrestling that you would get between him and and Sammy, and then they can both sell like crazy for Lashley, and then they can pick a winner out of the air. So I honestly, I think this. This match is going to end with Retribution. Retribution has to get involved in Cultural Actually. That's the only way I can see it end. Not <laughs> Retribution. I can... Okay. Okay. Anyway, I, that's not why we're here today. Um, yeah, so the other match this Sunday... You know what's going to happen. Yes, I know what's going to happen, but I can live in denial until it does. Ready? I think I think we should just like pick a later date to have a hating session on Retribution. Every day is hate on Retribution Day. The gimmick sucks. The the, the characters are being wasted, and it's a waste of these guys' talents. Anyway, that's not today. The other match this Sunday that is a little confusing in, in the simple fact that we saw it three or four times on big shows over the summer, Sasha Banks and Asuka. Although, Sasha Banks is defending the Raw... The, SmackDown Women's Title uh, uh, tomorrow at the time of recording uh, on SmackDown against Bayley. Do I see the title changing hands back? No, 
But we've seen Sasha's title reigns before. She has never successfully defended a singles championship on the main roster. She is a six-time women's champion on the main roster and has never once cleanly defended and successfully retained her championship. I cannot believe that. Sasha Banks, one of the greatest women superstars of all time. She can't retain her title for the life of her. Don't, she, she's the best at making her way up that slow climb to the ladder, but nope. She can't hold on to it. <sighs> anyway, so what do you guys have to say about Sasha and, and Asuka having the 75th match that they've had this year? Um, Honestly, I don't mind it because I know there's not a story to tell. I know they're both faces. They're both... I, I don't know what they're doing, Asuka. Um, but <laughs> with Sasha, you know you know that Sasha is going to... She has to be Bailey. If they make Bailey win, there's really no point of doing a title change at all. Um, yeah. But... Sasha and Asuka right now, you know, because, you know, Ronda and Charlotte and Becky are all out. And even if they were there, it's arguable that Sasha and Asuka are the two best wrestlers. Okay, besides NXT, because, you know, you could put Io Shirai there, definitely. I think you could put a whole bunch of NXT stars there. But um, Sasha and Asuka, in my eyes, are the two best women, female competitors on the main roster of SmackDown Raw. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're only there just put on a show. They're not. They're only there to pull on a great match. Fair and they're not really that, much yeah. of a story, which I don't mind at this point. Fair enough. I just, I'm always. Uh, that's the fear that I have in regards to this, is that if, if he were to, if he, if either were to take <laughs> the Fiend? pin, if either were to take the pin, it's just a fearful, it's a fearful thought that, that's gonna hurt hurt one of them. Like, you know, Oscar. Wasn't even on the Hell in a Cell card. I don't even. I have. When was the last time she defended the Raw Women's Title? Zelina exactly. Vega. Was it Zelina Vega? I think it was Zelina Vega. Yeah, it was. It was a random Raw. Yeah, the night after Hell in a Cell or Clash of Champions, after she beat her the night before on the kickoff show. This yeah. is Oscar, the Dude. woman who won the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match and was handed the the Raw Women's Title from the greatest Raw Women's Champion ever, Becky Lynch. Again, my opinion. I think that's the case. And then, what have they done with her reigns? She lost to Sasha, kind of unnecessarily. She uh, won it back from Sasha after a lot of hijinks and, and shenanigans. And then she now is like, she she automatically went from feuding with Sasha and Bailey to matches with Mickey James and Zelina Vega. Don't get me wrong. There are well, Mickey James is a legend, and and Zelina's up and coming in the women's division. But comparatively, it's not even close. And I don't want to yeah. sound like I'm hating on on on, on anybody. It's, I'm not. It's like I'm trying to play devil's advocate for. You're supposed to be treating Oscar as this unstoppable women's champion. You know, nobody is ready for Oscar. Well, yeah, that's because nobody is putting Oscar on TV unless they're trying to make someone laugh. She's. It, it, <laughs> she was in the courtroom segment for the Miz and, and Otis, but she hasn't defended her title in over a month. Isn't that was hilarious? Oh, I that died was, laughing. At I that. I gotta say that that was that was. Oh, God. Teddy Long, what was Teddy Long doing there? <laughs> oh man, that was funny. And JBL was. The, I, I think they only did that because of the old wrestlers' court uh, rumors that used to take place backstage, and him and the Undertaker yeah. used to be the judges. Man, that was that was that was funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm excited for the match because the, they'll never have a bad match. 
and they'll put on a show and they'll take 20 minutes and they'll they'll be entertaining but it's uh, I, I just worry that someone's going to be devalued and, and then it's going to hurt the title even more and if Sasha wins especially the Raw Women's title has no viable contenders because they've got Shayna Baszler teaming with Nia Jax like uh, yeah you honestly see- let me just say something on that. I hated Nia Jax so much. I, I, I still do. I believe that she was talented. All that. This thing with Shayna, I, I, I like Shayna. She's. I, I believe she, she's a great competitor. I, I saw her in NXT. I thought she was amazing. The way they paired them together, and it's the thing about like Raw or even SmackDown. Sometimes they can only keep one rivalry with women involved, mm-hmm. one going at one time. So the fact that they're focusing on the Raw tag team, the women's tag team titles. It, for some reason, I start liking Naya and her personality more, just because she has this bully, douches personality, and it's like, okay, that fits her. Absolutely. I, I think the gimmick is better suited for her. That whole babyface attempt that they tried to make where Alexa Bliss Hinted. was bullying her. No. Now, that being said, outside of those two, right now, who can genuinely challenge for the Raw Women's title? Let's see. Charlotte Flair? Hiatus. Becky Lynch, pregnant. Uh, Alexa Bliss. Alexa Bliss doing her Alexa stuff with, with the Fiend. But and that's the thing; they'll probably save that for like a big show like WrestleMania, you know, right. and have the whole build up around the fact that Bliss is like this psychotic Harley Quinn type character, which again is perfect for her. I love that whole thing, but they're gonna save it for down the line. And there's got to be something in the meantime. What are we gonna get? Oscar versus Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans and. I mean, yes, good. Give them opportunity, but you need. I, I, like I said, I'm story driven. Make me want to see it. You know, it's got to be Naomi. It's got to be Naomi at TLC. That's the only person I could tell. That's the only person I really remember is on the female uh, Raw roster. Nikki Cross. I just, I just Nikki realized Cross Nikki too. Cross. Nikki is Cross. There. I, I, although I'm not that interested in Nikki Cross's character, she just. I'd much rather her be psychotic and heal. Yeah, um, and Mandy and Dana. Forgot they're over there. Yeah, that's a really odd team, but it was all right, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's I, and it's it was... a weird pairing. Like uh, they break and they break up the iconics to team Peyton Royce with Lacey Evans. <laughs> Can someone uh, tell me where that makes sense, please? I it, think I think it's just because, and I could tell, like, um, Billy's not that great of a wrestler, no. and she's probably better off being a sports entertainer type of way, like being more like Alana where she can be entertaining. And Peyton just built on her. Like I was a fan of Peyton. Like yeah. I was a fan of like she kept on building on her um, arsenal and started becoming a better wrestler. And I think that's where it just became, okay, whoever's writing role. And I don't know if it's Vince or whoever's writing it anymore. Cause I heard a lot of rumors saying Triple H is writing SmackDown. He's taking over the company next year. Well, I, I actually, happens, but... I, not to interrupt. I just read before we got on here, He's apparently been "quote unquote" called in to run SmackDown for the next few months, so that should be interesting. Yeah, Uh-oh. and I heard that Vince had a secret meeting with a whole bunch of people or something like that. I had it in here. Anyway, interesting. Um, I whoever's whoever's writing Raw, I forgot what my I forgot what I was saying, but uh, <laughs> I said something about writing Raw. Oh and yeah, yeah. I, you, you were talking about um, women's division it, it, iconics, right? Right, and I just feel like I think he just split them up because they. Know that Lacey probably has is a better wrestler. Definitely is a better wrestler than Billy, and Billy can really just go off and do her thing and just be entertaining, be someone's manager at the point. 
Yeah, she's gonna be. I think she's gonna be another one of those bodies on SmackDown that's just kind of taking up space. And it's an unfortunate circumstance of, you know, you know the old saying, not everyone can be a star. I mean, as a team, they were over. As a team, they could have been a bigger success. But yeah, what now that she's on her own? Now that they're on their own, Peyton was the only one who had a real, real shot. And I remember them saying, like saying, or the rumors going around that Creative had nothing for Billy after they broke up. And the and the breakup was lame. Oh yeah, if we lose, if they lose, they disband, and then they all of a sudden hate each other, and then they have a match, and then they cry and hug, and then that was it, and we don't see them again. It's like, okay, great, wonderful, glad to see that there's some story continuity here. So yeah, I mean, if they had a bigger deal of it, at least you know, probably would have would have liked it a little more. But anyway, we're we're straying a little bit more from the cause of Survivor Series. That's kind of. Tie this whole thing up in a bow and wrap it up here. So we've talked a lot about our uh, our favorite things about Survivor Series, some of our least favorites. We've talked about our favorite Survivor Series competitors. We've talked about our favorite Survivor Series matches. And we've spoken about the concept of the last few years and also this year's upcoming matches and some of the things we're most excited for. Now, the last thing that I want to talk about, we mentioned this before we came on so you guys know that it's coming. We're going to pick... Our own personal five-man Survivor Series teams. We only get five. There's no write-ins. There's no you know alternates. There's no honorable mentions. We get five each. And this is a lot, this is still a little bit on the spot, but we're gonna oh. go first. So Raph, who do you got? What do you? Are we got? going all? Are we going all time? All time. I'm talking from day one of Survivor Series to now. Doesn't have to be anyone in particular. We're not giving any restrictions. So long as they competed in the era of Survivor Series, they are eligible to be on the team. You know what I find actually kind of surprising? Everyone relates Undertaker to Survivor Series, but I only remember him being in one Survivor Series tag team match. Genuinely. Um, oh, two, two, two. Two. 2001 and the, and his debut. Oh, of course. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that too. Oh, two, Everyone two. shits on the invasion, but that 2001, that tag team match is highly underrated. That match that was match. good. The, 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 the story was was, uh, was a mess, but the, right. the the match that blew it off, they, they at least said, all right, if we're going to go out, we're just going to have to go out as big as we can, and they did. Yeah. Okay, my all-time team. Let's, let's think. Um, so definitely, without a doubt, has to be Sean or Orton have to be there. Right, those are on – they're both on mine. They're both on mine. Um, damn, I'm trying to think of when I think about it more now, I've got to say Styles has to be there. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> There's always a funny thought of what if Shane was there because Sean Shane would be Shane's <laughs> always finds himself inside Survivor Series matches. No, he puts himself in Survivor Series matches. Puts but he him. always performs. He performs pretty well. Yeah, he does the crazy spot and then he'll take the big bump and get eliminated. <laughs> He took that for like a champ, though. Oh, that, that, yeah, yeah. I'll give him um, that. Man, I, man, it's a lot tougher than I thought it would be because I'm thinking about current stars, too. I used to think just about legends, and um, I'll put, so I said Orton, Sean, I forgot who else I said. Losing my mind. <laughs> Oh, you said Orton, Sean, and um, actually, I, I don't think you actually officially said another person. I think you were just thinking of it. Okay. Got it. I kind of want to put Jericho there. Oh, I had Styles. Styles so Jericho, yeah. Styles, Sean, Orton, and 
you need a powerhouse, I'm guessing. I would put Batista. Interesting. Batista. That came out of nowhere. I, I just thought, you know what? I love Evolution so much, I might as well just put entire yeah. Evolution, but no, now I'm just going to put those five. So, uh, I'll give mine now. Angelo, I'll give you a few more minutes, to, a few more seconds to think about yours. No uh, I'm going to go, I as I said, Randy and Sean are definitely on mine because those two have done so many great things in those matches. So Randy and Sean are on my list. Um, I'm going to go with the powerhouse pick. My guy is going gonna, is gonna to actually be a little surprising, I think. I'm going with Braun Strowman. I had a feeling. I, Braun Strowman, low-key, has been a very consistent Survivor Series performer. He has been in every one since 2016. And he has cleaned out, eliminated, I think, almost, I think it's among the, the upper echelons of numbers of eliminations. So I've got Orton, Michaels, Strowman. I'm going Rey Mysterio. Mm, Rey Mysterio is my, uh, my underdog, you know, take the bumps, do the thing. <laughs> and now I've got two that I'm torn between because I'm looking for a guy who's going to be able to take some big bumps. He's going to be able to hang around and be in the match a long time and uh, and also be either a good heel or a good face. Maybe not – both of them probably not as good. One of them – each of them, one's a better heel and the other's a better face, and they struggle a little more with the other role. I'm going to go with Dolph Ziggler. Mm, I was thinking about like he's been. Did he's, I was thinking actually thinking we didn't mention his name at all. Uh, we did not mention his annoying. name at all, and I will have to say his 2014 performance was a very very good one. That yep. performance in 2014 was what it needed to be. He was the underdog, and it, and it was and it wasn't John Cena. That was the key that year. It wasn't John Cena. John Cena. So my t- and and the and the person who I was considering but will just miss the cut because I think Ziggler did a great too, too good of a job that year was the Miz. So oh, yeah. my my official five is Randy, Sean, uh, Braun, Ray, and uh, Dolph. That's my five. Angelo, it's on you. I right, really really quick before before I start mine. Do they do they have to be alive? Or is no. this just like No no, it's it's anyone who since the first Survivor series in nineteen eighty eight. So anyone who has been involved in you know potential who could have potentially been involved from nineteen eighty eight to now. Okay, so he's gonna say Eddie already. We predicted that. <laughs> yeah. I was I was thinking I was le- legit like thinking Eddie Guerrero would be like Eddie is a great choice, happened. man. Eddie is a great choice. captain. I, I love that. I was I was thinking actually Benoit, but um I was torn between him and Eddie, actually. I, like, you know, uh, not not even just because of the controversy. I still lean Eddie. That's just me. Eddie's right. gimmick was always so cool. Heel or face, he was the greatest. So, oh, yeah, no. love that, that choice, no. Angelo. Love that choice. Yeah, so um, Eddie would be like the team captain. He'd be like, you know, heel, face, whatever he needs to be. Mm. Um, With him, I'd put... Man, I'd put uh, I'd I'd probably go with uh, Shawn Michaels on that. Yeah, I'd put Eddie Shawn, uh, powerhouse. I'd go Roman Reigns. Like mm. that choice. He was in my he was in my decision this discussion as well. Yeah. So, 
Eddie, Sean, Roman. Uh, I'd go Orton, too, because he has been a sole survivor before. Three times in a row. Three times. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to say because of DX, but I'd go Triple H, so. <laughs> I I don't blame you. I was gonna I was gonna go Steve Austin. I was gonna I was gonna go whip with some ass. <laughs> That's not my best Steve Austin, but you know what? I'm standing up, so I, give me some. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? It's okay. I listen. I like I I, like, I appreciate the effort. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, all right. So those are some interesting I like teams. I mean, can you imagine if they had like a, you know a 15 man match where it's you know well Randy and yeah. Randy and Sean are. On each team. <laughs> it's like three Trey's and Sean's. So but even still, like, okay, so Angelo had Randy, Sean, Roman Reigns, uh, Triple H, and Team Captain Eddie Guerrero. I have uh, uh, Shawn Michaels, Braun Strowman, Rey Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler, Team Captain Randy Orton. And Raph, you had, uh, who was your captain? Sean, uh, ooh, captain. I would give the captain to Sean. I have to. So you have Sean Captain, Randy, uh, Batista, uh, AJ, and uh, uh, Jericho. Yep, that's right. Very diverse teams, I will say. I mean, we have the cons- the consistency of Randy and Sean because I think we both know, we all know how good the both of them are and how that's good fun. the matches would be just because they're in it alone. Um, but I think the, 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 the uniqueness of the of the surrounding members, I mean, I have Ray and, and Ziggler. You know, Angelo, you've got uh, Triple H. And uh, a little more power added in there. And, um, you know, Raph, you've got AJ and, and Jericho. And, I mean, Jericho has been so many so many unique gimmicks. I mean, there's so many options of which Chris Jericho would you want, you know? If you're talking right. about the history books, which one would you want? Uh, I personally would probably want 2001 Chris Jericho because that was Same the most, here. most serious he's ever been. Um, I love 2003 one. I love 2003 Jericho too. That that was good. That was a good Jericho, and and I'm partial to 2008 Jericho because that was what I watched growing up. My earliest uh, memories of watching that. Monday Night Raw were heel Jericho with his monotone promos. I yeah, am same. the best <laughs> in the world at what I do today, and you can't. Dis- it was great. I was boring to a kid, but I also found it very entertaining all the same. So that was me. I, we, I have to come on another podcast and just talk about you. Like, I grew up with my favorite wrestlers being Cena, Batista, and DX. It was amazing. For me, it was my C- childhood. For me, it was uh, Cena, DX, and Jeff Hardy. Ah, Angelo. Uh, Cena again. You know, I love Cena. He's yeah. my number one. Oh yeah, Jane Gangsel. Uh, definitely, definitely Cena, Orton. Uh, you know, DX, and you know, even even like. Ray Mysterio too, like that's that was that was how I grew up. Ray like, was big back then. Ray was big. He was not physically, but <laughs> sorry. His Ray. tattoos were big, and, and his heart was huge. <laughs> sorry, Ray. If you if Ray, if you ever listen to this, I love you. <laughs> get Dominic to listen to it. It'll be fine. Listen, if, 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 if we ever get that big, man, be the day. Papa, uh, they're talking about you. They talk about you on podcasts. Alrighty, so it's been an hour, and we're gonna we're gonna wrap it all up here. So uh, I think this was a wonderful discussion. I, I love talking wrestling. I love shooting the breeze about it, especially. And uh, it's always good to have a friend come on and join me and Angelo That's on the pod. So Raph, we'd like to say thank you. Not uh, a problem. I thank you guys. It was a really fun discussion. It was a great way to spend my 
what's today Thursday night. I, I I'm glad to meet you, Angelo and Freddie. I'm glad to actually you know talk to you. I think this is the first time we've actually verbally spoken in on, in three years of having actually known each other on on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> we've been in a group. I've been in a group chat with these guys since you know what was it 2017, 2018, and I'm like I'm happy, but and I'm glad that you guys are able to be on the on the what's it called uh, on the pod with us. You know we've been. We've been hoping to get this going for a while, and despite the fact of a little bit of inconsistency, it's been fun. And you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got some listeners, and hopefully, the rest of the guys in the chat check this out. Shout out to y'all, Tim and uh, and Austin and the WC uh, baby. And, uh, I can't think of everybody's names right now because I'm <laughs> exhausted. But everyone in the in the club, you know who you are. Uh, throw up the two sweet. Um, and with that being said, I'm gonna say goodbye. Any final words, Raph? Any final words, Angelo? Um. Hmm. Angel, you said you want to say something first? No, I'll let, I'll let Rob go since he was our uh, special guest of the evening. Oh, that's very polite. I'm, I got to think of something to say. Um, all, may Triple H live forever and rule the WWE forever. That's my <laughs> final condolences. There you go. There you go. Angelo. Well, I just want to say thank you for listening to another wonderful episode of our podcast. Hopefully, Ref, we get to talk with you again. Of course. You're always nah. welcome back on the pod. Yep. <laughs> glad to be glad, glad to be welcomed. One day, and I and I and I do genuinely want to do this. I want to get as many of the guys from the club on here at once. Man, will that discussion be a messy one because there'll be so many of us. <laughs> but I have the goal of getting as many of us on here as possible. Even if not everyone is watching wrestling full time. I know some of them mm. come in and out with it. We got to get as many on here as possible. So gotcha. we're going to tell them to clear their Thursday night schedule one night, and we're going to do this. Gotcha. All right. So with that being said, Raph, as I said before, thank you, and you're always welcome back. Angelo, my man, another episode in the books. And to our wonderful listeners, thank you so much for listening to us for the last hour. May, may you all have a wonderful rest of your day or evening or morning or whenever you end up listening to this. And uh, uh, we'll see you next time on the Fans Talk Pro Wrestling Podcast. And uh, just want to leave you with our typical message. Never forget to always remember to never be afraid to be a fan. That takes a lot out of you. Have a good night, everybody.